love you. There once was a little boy named Tim. He was weird. Tall, lanky, pale of skin, weird black hair, wild it was. He was estranged, hid himself, a ghost in the shadows from other kids. And one day he discovered a desire for filmmaking and with playing with clay dolls. And he combined the two and became a god, <laughs> bending and twisting these characters of his into any women desire he could imagine. And those creations are what we're talking about today. Welcome to Green and Faceless on the Couch. I'm the Green Traveler. And I am the Faceless Leon. And uh, also... Just, you know, a little bit more frightened from these films after that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're talking some pretty classic uh, Tim Burton movies. Well, I mean, Mm -hmm. I say classic. We got got a wide span of years here. If you guys haven't caught on, uh, this is a podcast about movies and uh, sometimes TV. there's probably going to be spoilers ahead, but we'll try to let you know. Yeah, especially if it's major. Yeah, we don't. We want you to see these movies. Well, typically we don't want you to see these movies. Yeah, or we already hope that you've already seen it. Yes. Yeah. Especially some of these, I assume that at least one of these most people have seen. That's and right. And we'll we'll talk about that one first. Um, sure. It should be noted before we dive in that Tim Burton's actually worked on four uh stop motion animations the director of the first one we're going to talk about nightmare before christmas uh henry Selick directed the first one which was james and the giant peach so i'm all right with you know i'd rather talk nightmare before christmas over right. james and the giant peach right. someday i'd love to talk james and the giant peach it's james a great and the movie giant peach is a good movie yeah. it's fun but we're not talking but, about that now we're going to talk nightmare before christmas first nightmare before christmas who's talking about it uh, I mean, I can. All right, you open it, yeah. It's fairly simple. Uh, there is a place called Halloween Town, uh, where it's, you know, Halloween-themed. Every You know, every character is spooky, creepy, eerie. You know, the whole town is not run, but, like, what would you call Jack? He's not the mayor. There is a mayor he's, character, but Jack is... the Pumpkin King. The Pumpkin King, that's right. Yeah. Yes. And... Yeah, he's Jack Skellington, beautiful character. He discovers one day when he's, you know, he, he's starting to get bored with, you know, the Halloween. It's kind of weighing on him. It's too too much of a rut, too mundane. So he goes exploring and he discovers a door into another world where it's Christmas land. I don't remember if it's called Christmas I land. Think, but I think it's actually Christmas town, like one Christmas word, town. And that's the worst. Yeah. it's a place of christmas with santa claus yeah it has santa claus in it and it gives uh pumpkin king jack skellington some uh crazy ideas some crazy ideas indeed and that's the nightmare before christmas a movie most people watch before christmas (laughs) yeah but it's like such i feel like i always try to watch it around this time of the year because it's yeah. a perfect blend of the two. Yeah, I typically watch it just like after. I watch it after 
Halloween if I do watch it. I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of this movie. It's not, sure. you know, it's a fan favorite of a lot of people's, and I think it is a great movie, but I don't, you know, I'm not pushed to watch this over and over again. It's, there's nothing that really draws me back besides the music. And right. I just, I'll listen to the music when I want to listen to the music on YouTube. Right. <laughs> I think the concept of different worlds that are in charge of the holidays for some reason really draws me in it might be like uh, a folkloric element Mm -hmm. uh you know this kind of adds to the lore it has its own lore that's why i keep on coming back to this movie but i agree with you i mean the animation is amazing uh you know the landscapes are very like dr seuss uh ish you know, there's always a lot of there's a lot of curling landscapes that kind of just like wind and twirl, and you know you see that a lot in physical worlds. Yeah, and so you can tell that it's like very inspired by that, but a very dark version of it. It is kind of like and, dark Doctor Seuss. Yeah. Yeah, and I love I love the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, good. Tim Burton, his style can weigh on the viewer. <laughs> like I mean, because he he does the same thing over and over again, and. You know, there was a time where I really loved Tim Burton, but especially recently, I've just like, I've kind of grown out of him because, you know, it's always the same story. It's always a bleak world that's very gray and you're always following a very awkward, lanky, pale main character who, you know, is very estranged from the world. It's just, he he, he just writes himself as the main character over and over again. Yeah, he's goth royalty. (laughs) He's got to write goth. That's fine, right? Goth, but you can do di- goth differently. You yeah. can do goth like, you know, interview with the vampire. <laughs> yeah, his characters are typically like Jack is really the most bombastic of his of his mm-hmm. leads. But yet he is he still keeps his most personal self to himself. Besides mm-hmm. Sally. Brief like very briefly very he allows briefly. himself to expand with Sally. Yeah, that's one of the things like that I I mentioned this I think both with Dumbo and oh those aren't even coming out <laughs> for a while <laughs> spoilers um, yeah yeah we well I mean I guess we could talk about it like uh, we're yeah we, to we can guys, we can excite it yeah we we're hoping to give you guys two episodes a week coming this January and we're starting off with a Disney playlist. And going through the disney movies in chronological order yes what fun what fun anyhow when i was talking about dubbo i don't know i guess i can't give that away i that might have i might have to bury my point in this this promotion no no our... go ahead just say it uh okay so i was saying like stuff about scenes being longer or shorter than i remember and um Greg and I decided that's because uh, of what impacted you most about the movie uh, sticks with you as being longer or shorter. I definitely saw the relationship between Jack and Sally being a much bigger role in this movie when I was yeah. younger than it's that third it act effect. Is. Yeah. You walk away, you know, if the third act is packed with something, you walk away remembering that, you know, it's, mm. you walk away from a, an action movie, you know, it could be a very boring action movie for an hour and a half and then have just a crazy awesome third act and you walk away like, that was a great movie. 
Right. It's, it's the same here. You walk away from this and you're just like, man, him and Sally are, you know, and they fell in love or whatever. And it's like, right. no, not, not really. It was like five minutes of them yeah. talking. and Yeah. Well, for so so for Sally, there is a little bit more throughout the movie. It, but it's mm. it's I don't think it's enough to really warrant it. But like it's literally the last line mm-hmm. of the show, I think. When Jack is like, oh, I never realized. <laughs> and yeah, um, I got yeah, like to be honest, I watched this a week ago, too. And I like I, I already forget a lot of the third right. act. Yeah, things do happen pretty fast. It's really good first act that I really oh, enjoy. Yeah. And then just kind of a, you know, par second and third act that I just kind of zonk out on. That mm-hmm. it, it's really good. I still enjoy it. That's fair. But I don't. It doesn't grab me after a while. I kind of just like zone away from this whole thing. Yeah, I do like... Which is sad because I really do like this movie. I do like Oogie Boogie. And I always say that the wrong order. I think I said it the right order this time. Oogie Boogie? Uh, good. Play, uh, voiced by Ken Page. Amazingly. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Oogie Boogie's the, the honestly, I think, my favorite voice performance. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's my favorite character. He's definitely an interesting character. I would say my favorite voice performance is Danny Elfman as the singing version of Jack's uh, skeleton. Yeah, he does do a good job singing. He has Jack a beautiful skeleton. voice, in my opinion. Like, honestly, guys, if you haven't uh, ever listened to Oingo Boingo, it's a Danny Elfman band. Uh, oh. Just go out there, look up Oingo Boingo Weird Science. It's amazing. Like, he's he's really good. That whole band is really good. But shout out, shout out to Oingo Boingo. <laughs> But yeah, Oogie Boogie and Cam Page is really great. Really, there's a lot of pretty good voice performances, I'd say. I mean, mm-hmm. especially from like the monsters side of things. They have these groups of vampires and um, just there's a whole ensemble cast in Halloween. Yeah, Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Pee Wee Herman is, is in this. Yeah, he um, plays, I think he plays Locke, one of the three annoying children that I hate so much. Oh my God. I can't stand their characters, man. They, <laughs> like, they really irritate me. Well, I mean, they're kind of supposed to. Yeah, I know they're supposed to, but it's it's to a point where it's like it pushes me away from this movie because I hear them those characters and I'm just like, I hate the third act because they're very <laughs> prominent in it. But uh, one of the voices is Pee Wee Herman, which Tim Burton directed that uh, Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. He is he is back in society. Is he, he really? Yeah. Way to go, Paul more, Rubens. More uh uh peewee stuff adult. i think oh is he really doing peewee stuff i, I would mean, assume he was just going to netflix. adult comedy he did something for netflix wow way to go paul rubens i you know we could fact check this and nah, yeah i might uh, you know I'll, I'll fact check it when i edit and just delete whatever is <laughs> not real <laughs> i think the biggest surprise voice for me is uh sally the, yeah. It's the mom from Home Alone, and I never, <laughs> I never realized that's who it was. Yeah, Catherine O'Hara is she's she's pretty fantastic. I think really at everything mm-hmm. I've seen her do. Um, I mean, like the mom character doesn't necessarily stick out to you in Home Alone. Yeah, but but that's she, what I know her from. But that's <laughs> what you know her from exactly. Yeah, but uh, she she plays the mom also in Shit's Creek, and if if you haven't watched that, oh, you should. It's never good. seen it though. It's very good, but it's yeah. got that intriguing name though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, she also plays Shock. I think that's kind. Of, I think that's what you were going to bring it about to. She also plays one of those annoying characters. <laughs> oh yeah, she does. Yeah, and I can't remember who the other one was. I feel like it was another important actor, but oh well. The re- you know Tim Burton didn't direct this because he uh had signed a contract to do Batman Returns, the sequel to his Batman movie. So he passed this along to his good friend Henry Selick, who had done James and the Giant Peach. Um, and you know, you watch Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, it's Tim Burton's, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, and it is his style. You know, even yeah. though Henry Selick directed this, you feel Tim Burton's presence on it, even if he right. was, even if it was just his story. You do definitely feel that that creepy, eerie <laughs> Tim Burton weight on everything right but it feels very less so here than the next two movies i can agree with that too not that the other two don't have like a bright shiny finish like this one does but this one there's some real consequences i feel like in the other two the the consequences are a little bit higher in this they kind of just get a slap on the wrist from santa i mean he does Okay, this is a spoiler for sure. Jack does get shot down by military peoples. He he I think he's kind of an immortal being, so I don't think it matters. Yeah, well, it's also because the other ones are more uh grounded in a realistic fashion. Right. Yeah, we're going to talk Corpse Bride and Frankie Frankenweenie, and both of those have more of a a relatable story you know at at the center of it. Right. Whereas this one, even though it's it is kind of relatable, you can relate to Jack and like feeling you know in a rut, feeling right distanced from everybody and not sure what to do. Like I understand that, especially in this year we're having, but <laughs> there's not really much of a relation to anything going on in Halloween Town or Christmas Land, Christmas Town, whatever it was called. Whatever. <laughs> I do like this movie, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're going to get like hate mail. Uh, There's like, well, I mean, for me, I like this movie mostly on a technical basis. You yeah. know, they had more than like 200 some puppets. You know, Jack had 400 different heads. Uh, you know, it's Jesus. very, yeah, it's very, it's so detailed. And coming from a claymation standpoint, like you and I are interested in doing claymation sometime in our future. Right there's a lot to it you know there's so much so much attention to detail and this movie is beautiful and for 1993 you know this is the year i was born you know back you know i don't imagine many people besides like the mind of tim burton could produce something like this but he wasn't willing to do claymation either so that's another reason why he kind of passed it off was the 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 amount of time and dedication to a project like that he was just not interested in so i read allegedly don't sue me tim burton jesus (laughs) i have no money (laughs) (laughs) no we don't have any money and if you'd like to give us money uh we could find a way for that to happen yeah we can give you a p.o box to send some cash (laughs) to but i feel like there's not really much else to talk about this movie if you wanted to do Uh, uh yeah i i guess so i mean i i sometimes like to get into the lore behind the movie but i think a lot of people are familiar with the lore of the movie and if they're not well then i don't want to spoil it 
and you should just go watch this movie. I mean, it's a cult classic for a reason. Um, and yeah, I think that we can move on to to bigger and brighter things. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that I do give this movie a full face. Not that it doesn't have uh, its problems. Um, but I mean, like from what The Traveler said, technically it's it's a beautiful movie. It is. Uh, there's some plot things, but the music is great. The art is great. All in all, good movie. Go watch it. Full face. Full face. I give it three out of four stars. It's enjoyable, and it, it has beautiful songs. You know, I love the music. Honestly, though, I love a lot of the covers more. The Marilyn Manson, like the This Marilyn is Halloween. Manson. Oh, it's so good. It is good. I mean, I, I, I totally crushed a deer on the road while driving at night while listening to that song <laughs> and you know it kind of haunts my memories every now and then oh, but it's man. it's still my preferred version of the song yeah i i do like that version of the song but i think i like both of them equally yeah they both have merit. well i yeah i definitely do love danny elfman's version yeah. a lot but there's also like a more of a, a sinister joy to danny's where there's more of an eerie emotion to to Marilyn man. You know, it's like you listen to his and it just right. his can crawl under my skin. Danny's I just like I I want to dance around and enjoy it. Right. But right. whereas with Marilyn's it's just like it gets eerie and I think that's, you know, that's it the does. the highlight of a spooky song. He did it, make you know, it scary. As yeah. Marilyn Manson does. <laughs> he's a beautiful man you know i give it three out of four stars it is enjoyable it's a very fun movie it's good because of the the music and the artwork the story is you know there's a lot to the story that i do like it's Mm -hmm. very unique and very enjoyable but at the same time i i zone out after a while It, it just loses me and that's fair I get tired of the Christmas movies. I do. <laughs> because they're really, yeah. they're just all the same. And I mean, that's okay. That That's what they are. This movie isn't <laughs> the same. So I think that's why people do include it in their their list of Christmas movies that they watch every year. So it changes it up a little bit. I feel like it's the same reason why people watch, you know, like uh, Die Hard. It's just oh, because right. it has Christmas in it. <laughs> it's yeah, just like, it's like yeah. we can watch something else. <laughs> it's it's Christmas adjacent, you know. Yeah. It's like I totally get it. I do. But this is not a this is not a staple in the Green Traveler's spaceship. No, it's fair. Like I said, I like to watch it November. I like to watch it in between yeah. because it's an in between movie. I mean, I just don't even like to watch it every year. I like to watch it maybe like once every three or four years. Yeah. I don't even think <laughs> it's I definitely watch been that, that long. Much though i mean i am less of a fan um than the wife personally so uh corpse bride uh is corpse it bride is it the corpse bride or just corpse bride uh i, I believe it's tim burton's corpse bride <laughs> tim burton's corpse bride okay even though it's directed by mike johnson it's directed by mike johnson and tim burton he's a co-director on this one uh, Mike Johnson was an animator on Nightmare Before Christmas, though. So that was oh, a fun. Cool. Yeah, he just followed Tim Burton here with his claymation ways. Oh, something I wanted to say about... <laughs> We're talking about this movie now, but... Something I did want to say about the animation was I really liked the way they did the flames. And the Nightmare. flames, oh yeah. Those were cool. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, I I forgot to mention also with Nightmare that it was nominated for Best Visual Effects of 1993. It lost to as Jurassic Park because you know well, Jurassic as Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as Jurassic Park is a freaking amazing effect yeah, it's movie. like sorry your your visual effects were beautiful but <laughs> yeah but you should you should have tried for a different year <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see any claymation dinosaurs tim yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh okay well corpse bride corpse bride is about fishmonger's son victor van dort getting married to lady and well lord and lady Everglot, Everglot, their daughter, Victoria yeah. Everglot. It's about their marriage. The most, and the most annoying names ever. <laughs> yeah, I really like Van Dort though. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, I, you know, first out of the gate though, I, I do hate that they have the same name, Victor, Victor and, Victoria. and Victoria. Oh come on. And that, like, Tim Burton has such a huge obsession with Frankenstein because in the next movie, the main character's name is also Victor. Ah, uh, yeah. But that one makes <laughs> sense. That one okay. does make sense, but here, here I think it's better because here it's just an homage. Yeah, that's fair. There it's just a direct, almost ripoff. Right, we'll get to it. Anyways. We'll anyways. Um, Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride. Uh, Victor Van Dort is supposed to get married to victoria everglot and they have trouble doing that especially victor they got along splendidly they did victor and victoria kind of you know love is blossoming there when they first meet right but but victor messes up the vows yes and uh the the priest is like that's bad yeah he's like you gotta go practice bitch yeah and priest played by christopher lee <laughs> yes the priest by christopher lee which i thought the dad was christopher lee for the longest time watching this because uh, i knew he was in this movie and i was like when the yeah. priest came on i was like no nah, that's christopher nope. lee. <laughs> yeah i thought the i thought the exact same thing because <laughs> i was funny. like i guess that could be him i was like that is a very similar uh, voice but it, yeah i didn't think it was him the father uh, it is uh finnis everglot i think is the one we're talking about uh, yeah. And he played is played by Albert Finney, um, and yeah, they they both do a great job. I think that, mm. once again, voice cast does a pretty good job. I'm not a big fan of yeah. exactly what J- Johnny Depp does with it, and I haven't really wow. finished ex- explaining what happens in this movie. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, they Victor accidentally proposes to or, a corpse to a corpse. Yeah, yeah. So and then the rest of the movie is him trying or not trying to break off this deal he made with the dead person yeah it it's him trying to write his world right you know yeah. does he want to go back to the the set in stone you know life is sucked out of the world life of mm-hmm. his parents you know what they want from him yeah. or you know the the underworld where it's very vibrant and well right. and alive honestly yeah, yeah i i did kind of like that contradiction yeah it's uh, in the setting that was that was pretty good it's a very beautiful in my opinion it's a very beautiful and well thought out story oh yeah um i think so all the characters have motivations i i would feel like every single character has some goal the parents right. have their goals the you know victor victoria have theirs the people in the underworld have different plans it's just it's so in-depth and yet also just very simple 
and beautiful. Right. It's just it. We were talking the voices too earlier. Yeah. Well, you know, I I actually like what Johnny Depp does here. Um, you know, again, there was a moment in my life where I really was a fan of Johnny Depp. Yeah, I think that and, we all were. And but it, it faded pretty quickly, and now I just don't know what to think anymore. He has a new movie coming out about a photographer. Uh, and you know he looks good on the cover. You know I saw the poster. All I've seen of this movie is the poster, and he himself looks like a really good character in this movie. So I'm actually excited to see it because maybe it'll be so. a, a return to you know this kind of acting for him. Right. But well, he definitely fell into one of two typecasts. Right. You know, he's either Jack Sparrow or he's Tim Burton's creepy awkward main lead. But here he feels different than that main lead that he's always cast in. I I agree with you that at the very least it is different than mm-hmm. some of his work. I think what the real problem I had with his career is that he kind of got settled into doing that typecast. I mean, he was yeah. he was Johnny Depp. At like when when the first Pirates movie came out, like damn, he could have played anything. Yeah. He really could have done anything he yeah because he showed that he had a really good acting right you know, scope. because because that was new john like that that was well, yeah, different. he went from like edward yeah he went from like edward scissorhands to i mean there was a good span of years in between but like you know he he put up one performance like this right and then he put up jack sparrow and it's like well this guy's got crazy got good crazy range. range and then he did the same thing oh right, yeah right, and then yeah. he just kept doing the exact you know jack sparrow or Edward Scissorhands. He didn't yeah. do anything but those two. Right. And he he's not socially awkward here. You know, a lot of his character. I mean, he is awkward. Yeah. But at the same time, he he kind of has that like, um, he can fit in really well with people. He just he he likes being by. You know, he likes his things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he likes he's, discovering himself. Yeah. Nobody is quite interested in the things that he seems to be interested in. Um, yeah yeah that's how i should put it that's how i wanted to put it uh like you are like like he uh (laughs) i am your words (laughs) it's a a bit a bit of a a duty there uh so half duty i did say duty i have no idea what i was saying (laughs) but it was about johnny depp i know that go away from johnny a little bit there's also helena bonham carter who is the corpse bride yeah um and I love her performance here. I honestly, the first time I watched this, I don't think I knew it was Helena. I don't think I did either. She has a very distinct voice, but most of it, it seems kind of very subdued and hidden here. But this was also 2005. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if I don't know where in the timeline of Tim Burton setting up, you know, his wife or well, then wife and best friend right. in this creepy relationship. He does it a lot. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the godfather of his child, and he's constantly hiring him to be the romantic lead alongside his wife. <laughs> it does happen a lot. And they do kind of play the same characters, too. Like, for some reason, I I hate it less that Helena... I, I, can, I can never say her full name. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. But I'm a big <laughs> fan of your, your work, Miss Carter. She's not listening. I, but she might be. <laughs> She'd be the one person that was in England that listened. Shout anyway. out to our England kid. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I I don't mind that she keeps on playing her characters. 
uh, I, the, yeah. this thing. But uh, she also, because of, uh, occasionally she'll bring something to the table that's different and great. Yeah, she'll do the like, king's speech. Uh, yeah, she did the king's speech, and also she was in the crown as. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, she's no longer princess. with Tim Burton, so she's got a. You know, she's breaking out of that type typecast that she had forever. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get some hate mail, but <laughs> anyway, I love everybody involved. Still, I'm yes. not I'm not against them. They just their their careers have weighed on me. Like I see the same thing over and over. Helena is the one who has definitely put out right very differing work since you know like right. I mean, she was she was amazing before she started doing just the same character over and oh, over. Yeah. You know, she she was at Fight Club and she was just kick ass yeah i love her character in fight club yeah she's pretty good she's i mean yeah there's a whole list of things yeah then she just became the you know the goth lead in all of tim burton's films for a good solid decade and a half (laughs) and and bellatrix and bellatrix that's a different we'll we'll do a playlist on harry potter someday where i'll just bitch about that yeah let's do it that'll be fun sounds great We'll, we'll lose even more people well, actually, no. Harry Potter's going out in the day, these days, so you know, maybe people will be on board. That's true. But back to back to Corpse Bride. Back I to... really love Corpse Bride. Yeah, I do really <laughs> like this movie, dude. It I honestly, like... I like the, I honestly like the music more in this movie. Than, I do too. And, it, uh, and yeah, it's so lively, especially when you get to the underworld. Yeah. It's so oh, good. Yeah. But there was a moment in this movie, like I haven't seen Corpse. I've seen it once a long time ago, and then you know this probably been about like six or seven years since I last watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that time, I've watched a lot more, you know, B horror movies or you know old sure. classicer classicer films, classicer. You gotta um, get those classicer films. <laughs> classicer films. You know, the old mm-hmm. classical horror movies. And this movie, there's a moment when he, you know, he proposes to the corpse bride and she starts chasing him. And right. it feels like a hammer horror movie. It's so good. I love it. it the, the atmosphere is just spot on. The music is great. You know, again, it's uh, uh, Danny Elfman doing the music. And uh, it's just fabulous. Like it's my favorite scene because it just definitely felt like those classical horror movies, and especially just being in claymation, you know, it's just so much fun. Yeah, it 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 really is. Like, um, I I like he's almost like the chorus type character, but the skeleton that sings like that big opening song, uh, in the underworld, uh, I really enjoy his songs whenever he gets to sing. That guy, oh, man. I don't remember what the character's name was, so it'd be hard to look up who did it. But great job, yeah. uh, great great vocals on uh, mm. his particular songs. Uh, but the skeleton's animation, like, all right, let's. This is what I want to talk about with the skeleton guy. This is just so incredibly morbid. <laughs> like but i love it how they just like, pass the heads back and forth yeah yeah, it, yeah it's just like it's so much fun but it's then you trip. think about it and it's like what the hell are they doing to these bodies like there's this one guy who's constantly got a sword in his chest uh, <laughs> it's yeah the underworld is just crazy yeah and like there's not much rhythm and rhyme to it it's just like you know they're dead and they're just 
they're just living the life, man. They're living it. They really are. <laughs> and that's that's an, as you as we were talking about. That is one of the greater parts about this movie is that that juxtaposition of the atmospheres. Right. You know, yeah. the, the living world is grayscale, drab. Everybody hates yeah. it. You know, everybody's complaining. Nobody likes it uh, living at all. And in the underground, it's very colorful. Everybody's dancing, singing, and having a good time. <laughs> right. I um I also really like the song that's talking about everything must be go according to plan i i don't remember what yeah. the number's called exactly but but uh the parents sing it uh both sets of parents and that mm-hmm. that song is also great like yeah. i honestly <laughs> listen to that song a lot there's some really but it's also it's good it's very much like a march almost because it's so yes you know, it's, it's so rigid and like yes yeah you know, i love it. It, it everything is really well thought out in this movie i will say that and yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what makes this one, you know, I, I, I'm just really attached to this one because again, relatable story, right. you know, I could, I can, I can imagine being in Victor's situation, not specifically, obviously. Yeah. They but, don't really marry people off. Uh, um, well, I know no. they do, but at least not in our, our particular, but culture. I mean, I mean, being dedicated to a decision right. that. You know, you don't want to make this decision, but you, because of people around you, you know, you have to do it to please right. them. And then you fuck it up. And then you fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And very then, or you find story. yourself in a, you know, and then he finds himself in yet another, uh, you know, trying to fix that situation. He finds himself in another problematic situation that is just unbelievable scope. It's just, it's. I don't know. I can't recommend this movie more. And, you know, it's just it's so fun. There's a lot of great things. So too too many great things to count. I don't necessarily I like I like what the worm character like. I like that he was involved, but some of the gags, I I yeah. I did not necessarily like. Like when he pops out from behind her eye and uh says i'll be your eyes or something like that i'm like but you just knocked it out <laughs> that, well, that's what he's saying he just, knocked, he just knocked out the eye and he's like i'll be your eye you don't need to you know don't oh, believe what you're seeing believe what i'm seeing let uh, me be your conscience uh yeah it's a good movie um was do you yeah. think that that was pretty much your, your closing statement though yeah i don't know what else i want to talk about this movie unless we went into spoilers and i don't necessarily feel like no i don't necessary for this i don't think it's necessary and i especially don't want to do it because i do recommend you know i recommend all three of these movies but there's nothing specific that i think we should talk about here no not necessarily and yes like you said i cannot think of something negative to say really i would give it three and a half stars uh out of four i don't think it's perfect you know i think there is um some areas where you know it's like there's too many like subplots maybe you know there there are some things that kind of drag a bit but i do i do love this movie because again every character has motivations there's so many different fun subplots like i don't think there's too many but i can imagine that you know for regular you know audience member there might be some characters that they're just like i don't care you know get back to this um but but it's so it's so well thought out superb animation the claymation's on point yeah (laughs) you know it just looks great 
I love the voice acting. I love the story. Yeah, this is. I think this is the best captured version of Tim Burton's story. You know, he always tells basically the same story of somebody falling in love like this, and I think this is his best version of it. Even yeah. though I really do like Sweeney Todd, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think this one here is the what love... definitely, especially as the romantic in me. I think this is the yeah the better romance story because I feel for both. I feel for both situations. Yeah, I feel for Victor and Victoria. And I feel for Victor and the Corpse Bride because he, yeah. he he doesn't hate either scenario. No, no. I mean, he he. I think especially at first he would rather be with Victoria. Yeah. Um. But no, he he finds them both, um, good and worthy people of his love, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, but I think that I do think that this one is more focused on romance than hit the other versions of his stories which mm-hmm. i think is kind of what makes it better i agree definitely a full-faced movie i would say oh man i just don't have anything against the things that you said but i do love particularly what they do with fabrics in this movie like uh her dress has like long mm. not long sleeves but some, i guess it's the train maybe it's her veil or something but she does like some flying around the corpse bride does and i, I love what they do in those scenes with uh with the fabric trailing behind her it's very uh specter-esque on to frankenweenie 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 don't be a meanie it's frankenweenie before we dive into Frankenweenie, I forgot to mention with <laughs> that, uh, with Corpse Bride. I, I did the exact same thing. I forgot to mention this with Nightmare Before Christmas, and I forgot to mention with Corpse Bride. Uh, there's a there's a link between all three of these movies besides Tim Burton Claymation. That's they're all nominated for uh, Oscars, and cool. uh, Corpse Bride was nominated for Best Animated Feature. Nice. And believe it or not. It lost to Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. And I think that's egregious. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. I mean, what if it's really good? <laughs> I know. I do I do love Wallace and Gromit. Like, they are great. There's some really good uh, stories there. But, God, I really liked Corpse Bride. Yeah, <laughs> like... it's good. It's good. Uh, but I'd on a Frankenweenie. It deserved an award. Yeah, sure. Frank it definitely and... deserved to be nominated for it. Yeah. At a, if anything. I should, I, I, you know, I'll just throw it up front here with Frank and Laney. It was nominated also for Best Animation, uh, and it lost to Brave. I don't know. See, uh, personally, I'll say up front, I'm kind of iffy on both movies. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't but know should which I, one would be better. Should I take it off on Frank and Laney with yeah, the story? take it off. Take it all uh, off. Take it all off. So you know the story of Frankenstein. Uh, Victor Frankenstein. I hope you do. <laughs> I do. Victor Frankenstein, uh, you know, digs up some bodies, pieces them together, uh, pieces parts together, creates a new human, electrifies it, and boom, you got Frankenstein's monster and a very terrible tragedy, you know, tragic tale and follows. Here you have Tim Burton's version of it, Frankenweenie, where a young boy, Victor, I don't think his name was Frankenstein. Maybe it was. Was it? Was it Victor? Um, was he named Victor Frankenstein in this? Yeah, their last name is Frankenstein. Okay, cool. He's literally right, Victor yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah, so little boy Victor Frankenstein, you know, he's growing up in a modern-ish world with a bunch of creepy kids. 
all of them are creepy here. <laughs> like it is yeah. very, yeah. I would not like to work at this school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man. Especially uh, with crazy cat, cat kid. She terrifies me. Um, yeah. She's like she the Luna does. love girl. She does. And like the whole, she has like a divination ability and it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. It's gross. Also, watch your kids. Watch your watch damn your... kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's way too much freedom for these kids. They're roaming around, you know, cemeteries and they're, yeah. they're, they're creating dumb shit up in their attics. Like, I'm not saying helicopter parent your kid. You no. know, you like give them freedoms. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I, I feel like there's a lot of kids out there just roaming around in this movie, and it's like, where the fuck are your parents? Yeah, where are your parents? <laughs> We're not in the uh. 60s and 70s anymore. It ain't safe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Frank and Weenie, uh, Victor's parents, well, his dad really pushes him to play baseball. And, yeah. You know, I love baseball, but at the same time, I'm a fan of, you know, not forcing your kids to do things they don't want. But to get hit, you know, the kid's really interested in science and the father thinks, you know, I want to ground this kid and, uh, you know, I don't want him to be focused so much on science because that there's not, you know, you don't have a guaranteed career path, I guess, in the science world. But when you're as smart as fucking Victor Frankenstein is in this movie, fucking encourage your kid to be in science. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing NASA level and like science experiments. And yeah. you're just like, no, play baseball. I um, want you to but, do what I want you to do because it'll yeah. make you have friends. Because I can't live through you when you're interested in things I don't give a shit about. <laughs> well, that's not entirely fair. He was, like, up until that point, he showed to be really, really supportive. Yeah. Of what it, I think he, it did kind of come from a legitimate place of concern that his son didn't have any friends. Yeah, uh, that's fair. But also, they're you you should find another way find kids yeah. that are interested in what he's interested in <laughs> well here's the thing i mean the problem is like i agree that he definitely it definitely is coming from a place of i want my kid to have more friends right but this is this conversation starts after victor brings him a pamphlet for a science fair and says dad i'm right. gonna do this science fair and it's like look a place where your kid can make some friends and <laughs> and learn <laughs> No, go play baseball. Go and he play goes to play baseball. baseball. And uh, he, he the kid is very attached to the family dog, Sparky. And while they're playing baseball, you know, Sparky is tied up, up to the bleachers, but he snaps the collar off when Victor hits a home run and he runs after the ball. And the most terrifying thing that could happen in my mind right now yeah. happens. The dog gets hit by a car and dies. Uh, the faceless Leon and I are both dog owners, as yeah. we probably mentioned, and I've probably edited it out before. So movies like this are very hard for me to watch. Um, I can watch people getting killed all day, but dogs, it hits a different emotional level because, goddamn, I love them so much. My dog has definitely made me more of a cat person in regards to having pets. <laughs> Yeah. But that will never stop my love for dogs. I love, you know, one of the best animals in the world. They are. And so there's a lot of emotional struggle 
there's an emotional struggle to watching this movie because of what happens you know it's kind of like john wick but for but where john wick is like one scene at the beginning of the movie and then it's watching him take revenge on because of that scene here it's one thing that happens and then more sadness builds off of it (laughs) but not not terrible sadness after that it's you know it's it's a really well set up movie i mean at the same time it does just rip off the exact same emotions that you find in mary shelley's frankenstein Right, but it does so in a very new and creative light. Yeah, they're you they're know casting it on the pre-teens. dog. It definitely makes it more emotionally resonant than random dug up strangers in a cemetery. Right, right. But the thing with but the thing with uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is you know her monster develops a conscience, and it's very beautiful. It is. It, you know th- that story is very unique and very in depth. This story is you know different. It's the dog that's the creature. And what stems from this is other kids wanting to reenact his experiment with their dead pets. That is the, that is the, the, that's the problem with this movie is when the other kids start to try to figure out their, their own experiments. Um, and right. we'll leave it at that, I think. Before I spoil anything further, I was about to just right, keep going right. on it. <laughs> when you say go wrong, you mean like that's that's when the plot thickens, not necessarily yes. that that's the bad part of the movie. Right. For sure. There was some comic relief in that scene mm-hmm. with uh, along with uh, the action and, and the horror of it. There was some comedy, which I yeah. think was kind of important for this movie. Uh, yeah there's good levity throughout yeah Yeah, there's some great stuff with these creepy kids for sure Mm -hmm. but that's really the part i like about it the most is is the interactions between the creepy kids except for except for the weird cat girl i don't (laughs) i just can't i don't (laughs) she is she is luna lovegood of this universe but, you don't like Luna whereas, Lovegood? But no, that's what I was going to say is whereas Luna Lovegood is adorable okay, and right. so fun, you know, she's she's so cute and adorable and like even though she's awkward and, you know, kooky, at the same time I would definitely have befriended her in school. Oh, yeah. I would have been like, "Yeah, you're the fun person." Like yeah, nobody else understands this. <laughs> but yeah. this girl she's no. like she's very similar to Luna Lovegood and how she is just so vastly different from everyone else yeah but she scares me (laughs) she everything she does is scary she's hopped up on caffeine or something man (laughs) or she just doesn't have eyelids (laughs) (laughs) she might not i mean in this town this i don't really feel like this is spoilers in this town people get struck by lightning all the time I think that just kind of affects, you know, their offspring. Mm. That's that's what's going on. She could have also just been struck by lightning as a kid. She could have just seared her, eyel- <laughs> seared her eyelids and permanently straightened her hair like it is. She does also <laughs> shake, yeah. doesn't she? She might have been I struck so. by lightning as a kid. <laughs> it's a possibility, man. There's a manga called Uzumaki that is about like the horror of spirals. And it's this town that is just, yeah, it's very disturbing and I love it. It's such a good manga. Like if you're interested, uh, any couch potatoes out there interested in horror uh, graphic novels or horror manga, highly recommend Uzumaki. But it's this town that is just 
haunted by spirals like everything is you know the the landscape starts to spiral people start to turn into spiraling things and there's i think it's tornadoes or something but there's like people are always like there's there's something that just constantly happens like every single day or something and it, it, this movie had a very similar feel to uzumaki where it was like just a pending uh doom yeah it's just like an impending doom you know it's just the constant dread that just hangs over this whole city <laughs> and it's just like it reminded me so much of that and it's like that is a good thing you know again tim burton nails atmosphere this oh, is the yeah. one that he tim burton specifically directed this one this was his his actual claymation right. that he himself was well, involved that makes in sense because like the first thing he ever did i think it was the first thing ever but i, I could be wrong but it was a short called frank and weenie yeah 1984 1984 the the year of big brother um anyhow (laughs) yes uh, (laughs) he he made this short about about the same story and this is just the elongated version of that and both Mm -hmm. are in black and white Mm -hmm. that that's to call back to the to the brandoff movies for sure and I mean, there's a lot of lot of Easter eggs and references and callbacks and you know shout outs in this movie. You know, Shelly gets a lot. There's there's a bit <laughs> giant turtle monster at the end called Shelly. Yeah, that's um, one of the kids' dead dead pets. Um, there, there's so many. Like, I don't want to spoil all the Easter eggs. It's fun to just watch this movie and pick it out when you see yeah. it. Um, but they, you know, they do a lot of fun, crazy stuff. But at the same time, I mean, it also at the beginning. Uh, it has i think it was made for 3d i can't remember but like do you remember that at the beginning where it's like it's in 3d <laughs> it's like was this movie made for 3D? yeah uh, yeah which is like it's that kind of stuff that that weighs on this movie because again i feel like even though it's a uh, how long was this was it an hour and a half or was it two hours frank i think it was uh, an hour and a half uh it might have been an hour and a half i don't know it was the longest was, of the three definitely if it was two hours yeah well i mean i feel like what however long it was it didn't need to be that long i feel like there's a solid 20 minutes of padding yeah, yeah there's some stuff that could be cut out for sure uh, both times i've watched this and i want both times it was this year i found myself not paying attention at parts do love the science teacher character who's only yeah he is <laughs> he is interesting um and he's so uh, misunderstood <laughs> yeah he is <laughs> I want to crack open their brains. <laughs> <laughs> want to crack open their skulls and get at their brains. Right, yeah. Yeah, it I yeah, I'm not sure why it doesn't quite jive with me like all the all the elements are there. It just I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's the fact that it's not a musical. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think I think I don't know. I feel like we could do final statements for this this guy. I do think I would only give this half a face. Um, it's it's definitely not a bad movie. It just mm. what wasn't my favorite. I don't know if maybe I wasn't young enough because, like I said, all the elements are really there. It just kind of feels like it's lacking a little bit of heart for some reason. I feel like it's missing an outside presence too, because again, the other movies had other people besides tim burton That's behind true. the helm and i feel like with tim burton behind the helm no offense to tim burton again i, I feel like we shat on tim burton johnny depp and how the bottom carter <laughs> yeah we are we are fans. i do and I, I do enjoy I that trying, triumvirate yeah. you know they are great you know john uh john august is the the writer of this movie of frank and weenie 
Right. Uh, he wrote the screenplay, at least, based off of Tim Burton's short. But John August's uh, filmography includes Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, <laughs> uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the, you know, the remake with Johnny Tepp, uh, the Aladdin remake. Oh, my God. But the real big kicker for me is he also wrote Big Fish. Oh, Big and Fish I love is Big amazing. Fish. Yeah, that Big that Fish is, is really amazing. I don't know. I look at John August, you know, filmography, and Big Fish sticks out to me. There's, yeah, there's it's a very sure. heart, uh, very emotional, beautiful movie. A lot of heart in it, and I agree with you. I think there's th- that heart is missing from this movie and many of his other movies, but <laughs> specifically uh, talking here, it there definitely just there doesn't seem to be an emotional connection to something. Yeah, I'm you know, sure. I, I I drift off. I don't know. We're not analysis. Uh, we're not deep analysis people. But there, you know, if we were to dive into it, we might discover what it is. But you know, that's that's an hour long. Yeah, I feel like I have to watch the movie again too. Yeah, and I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, I give it. You know, I give it three stars. It is. It's a good movie. Once, you know, I'm not yeah. gonna come back to it. If I had seen it in theaters, I'd honestly give it a lower score because I would have spent the entire time longing to get back to my dog. Um, you know, it's it's one of those yeah. movies that just makes me think about my dog constantly. The fact that I was able to watch it on the couch. Yeah, my dog and, was you know, laying at my legs. I was like, oh. Yeah, I definitely teared up near the end a little bit with uh with some stuff. Like it definitely got to me. Yeah. But just because it got to me, you know, it pulled easy emotional strings. Right. You know, it didn't really do anything unique or uh, super, super special. You know, we're shitting on it. But again, I gave it three yeah, stars. It's, it's a good a, movie. It's not a bad movie. <laughs> my enjoyment level affected my score a little bit more than yours did, mm-hmm. which I respect you for being for being non-biased. <laughs> well, you, we have different scales, though, so I feel yes. like half a face works. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So but on to uh yeah on to the best who wins winner, the Tim Burton claymation threesome uh yeah Damn. I'll I'll bring the corpse bride back to the to the threesome couch over Same. and over I don't know about over and over but I I I think <laughs> that it did a couple times yeah a couple times I it it uh <laughs> I'm sure it gets stiff after a while. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I agree. I give it to Corpse Bride. It, you know, I yeah. like the, I like those hammer horror type of films, and this definitely nails that atmosphere. And there's there's just so much to it. There's a lot of heart, a lot of depth. Yeah, a lot of I Johnny agree. Depp. Uh, um, and you know, I feel like a couple years ago, I I would have said Nightmare on uh, not Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, because of attachments to it. And I still yeah. am very attached to that movie. Uh, but I think that the Corpse Bride just has a better story, really. I agree. Yeah, I I, I was actually the exact same. I liked Nightmare Before Christmas when I, <clears throat> when I was in high school, but the older I've gotten, the more of a romantic I've gotten, and because of that, you know, I like these types of you know horror romance movies, stuff like this. Yeah. Like it's really enjoyable to me, and I I feel like the Corpse Bride is just a really thoroughly enjoyable film yeah so uh love you tim burton don't sue us i have been i am and i suppose shall always be 
Faceless Leon. I guess I don't know that. Yeah. Someone you might pass off me. the title to somebody else. That's true. Hey, listen, we're done. You might with like, this. Yeah, you might be like, well, I mean, not just like done with it. You might be like, you know what? I'm advancing to a new persona. And then, you know, we'll hire somebody else to be the faceless Leon. Yeah. Would we try and to do a voice become... match? No, no. You would just step up as like the new King Arthur or whatever, and he would just become the new faceless Leon. I, I'd be King Arthur. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing out a name. Oh, no, you know, I like that. But then I would, yeah, I would, okay. I would also be promoted to Supreme Wanderer. Oh, I and we see. We would cast the new Green Traveler. I see. I see. Yeah. All right. We might Sounds have good. to come up with a new instead. I mean, I guess you really like King Arthur's so that works. No, right? I mean, I, I, you know, like, that's okay. I could be. Uh, we we could come up with something with this. Uh, the the visageless uh, matron. Oh no! The visage. Damn. The, the, the visage. The what? Visage. <laughs> Is that what you said? Visageless. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, the vigis. No, I don't know. I can't say it again. Um, the <laughs> the visageless patron. <laughs> patron. Yeah, patron. That's right. The patron. Yeah. No one could ever say it, so I'll just keep that one under my belt. Oh, uh, I want it. I want it to be on my my tombstone though. When oh, with my go. long epithet. <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about your long epithet. <laughs> I'm All the right. green traveler. <laughs> I'm the faceless Leon. Safe travels, everyone. Hey there, couch potatoes. This is the faceless Leon here. Tell you about our new addition to the show. Uh, we will be bringing to you two episodes a week starting on Monday the 4th of January 2021. I'll tell you, thank you. Thank you for letting that year be over. We're going to bring in the new year nice and strong, two episodes a week. Do our regular thing Thursday. Nothing's changing there, but on Mondays, we are now going to be bringing to you playlists. We're going to start off with watching the Disney movies, the OG Disney movies from chronological order. Uh, we'll, we'll break it up there with some other things. Who knows what we might do? But we're looking at some long series of movies. Anyways, we hope that you, the listener, the potatoes at home, Enjoy it. Safe travels. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks19. If you'd like to give us a comment, please visit us at facebook.com slash greenandfaceless. There you'll find many links to our show and to our website. Thanks for listening.